I'll tell you what, that's our hope, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm looking forward to that day. He splits that eastern sky, calls us out of here. Boy, I'll tell you what, from then on, it's just, it's everything gets better all the way. Amen? Well, I appreciate you being here this morning. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. We'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought, uh, had bought and nourished up, and it grew up to, uh, together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took of the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house, and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will, rise, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take, unto, take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto a, thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy, thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. Howbeit because of this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. Look back in verse 13. It says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, God Makes a Way Back. God Makes a Way Back. Let's pray. Father, we come to you asking that you would meet with us. Lord, there's surely, Lord, there's a great need in each of our hearts and lives this morning for the presence of God to speak and to draw. And Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have freedom. Lord, I pray that our hearts wouldn't be hardened or cold or indifferent towards the Word of God or to the preaching of Thy Word. And Lord, I pray that we would allow You to do that which You desire for us. Lord, it's, 
We're here for a reason today. You have a purpose and a plan. We're not here by mistake. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to every heart. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, Lord, it would be your desire, I know, for them to receive Christ as their Savior, and I pray that they receive Christ today. And, Lord, I pray that every Christian here, that the hearts would be stirred to draw near to you. And, Lord, to allow you to do that which you desire to do in our hearts and lives. You know the need of the hour. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross. And, Lord, may I lift up Jesus Christ. May you be magnified. Speak to hearts. Draw us near. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. The scripture, the portion of scripture that we read, we see that David paid a, uh, if you go on, David paid a terrible price for his sin. The baby died. His son Absalom killed, or, uh, killed his half-brother because he had raped his sister. Then Absalom tried to uh, take over the kingdom and sought to kill David, and, and he wound up dying, and, and he caused David to flee. And, of course, David came back, and there was turmoil in the kingdom, all because of the sin of David, because he had taken Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, and had lain with her, and, and she was with child, and so he had him killed. And so that to try to cover his sin. And so we find that now here comes the prophet of God and he comes to, to David and he basically tells him this story about this man that was rich and a man that was poor. And the poor man had just one little ewe lamb and he fed it by his hand and they kept it close and loved it as though it was even his own child. And then a wayfaring man comes, a man that was traveling through to the rich man's house. The rich man had all kinds of flocks and, and different thing, animals that he could have chosen, but instead he goes to this poor man's house. He takes his little lamb and he takes it and he kills it and he dresses it and he cooks it for this friend that had come his way. David becomes enraged. He's angry. He said, that man shall surely die and he will pay back fourfold what he has taken. Nathan looks at him and I can almost see Nathan taking that finger and pointing in his face and saying, Thou art the man. You're the one. Because what you did to Uriah, a poor man in your army that was serving you and doing everything that he possibly could to obey you, and you have taken him and killed him and taken his wife. And he goes on and David admits that he has sinned. But the amazing thing is, is that God made a way back for David. He made a way back, way back to him. You know, several years ago, I was in a man's house. I was there on, on some business and was talking to him, and first time I'd ever met this man. And I kind of a, he lived in a mobile home, and, and it was kind of dark in there. He had all kinds of videotapes, and I, look, I just kind of glanced. He had a rack of videotapes. That tells you how long ago it was. He had videotapes, big old rack of them, and I noticed every one of them was war-related uh, type of... Uh, videos, you know, different movies and stuff, and then documentaries and stuff of that nature. And I've seen some stuff that I assumed that the man had been in the military. I've seen different uh, things on the wall that show that, that he had some type of accommodations and so forth. We got to talking about it. I made reference to some of it and everything, and we got to talking a little bit. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. And he began to tell me a story about how that he was a Navy SEAL. And he went into a into a country, him and, and four other men had went into this country. They had been dropped off by a, by a sub, a U.S. sub. They had a target that they had to go in and take out. 
Uh, this is not an uncommon thing. I mean, it, it happens, and whether you, whether you like it or not, it's, it's part of what happens in, in, in wartime. And they dropped them off, secretly went in, and their orders were, he said, that they would go in and take out this target. Then they would meet them back at this rendezvous place with the sub. They had exactly X amount of time to get the job done, get back to the sub. If they were not there when the sub was surfaced to pick them up, they waited a total of two minutes, surfaced, and then they would leave, and they would be left there. Everything had to go exactly as planned. These men went in, took out their target that they were supposed to take out. But because of things the way it took place, which they knew would possibly happen, these men did not carry identification because if it got out into the world that they had been captured, they didn't want anything known of who they were. Uh, these men began to have to fight their way out. They was, the clock was ticking on the time that they had to be back to where that sub was that would surface. This man said that they fought their way out, and he said the other four that was with him, he said they got killed. He was the last one. He began to fight his way out, and he made it. He, he knew he was, it was pushing time to get back to that sub, and he made it, and he, he, kept, he, he, he just kept dragging himself and pushing himself. He had been injured himself. And everything, he just kept, i got to get back. i got to get back to that sub. I've got to get back. I'll be left behind. I've got to get back. And he kept pushing and pushing to get back. He got there. Just in the nick of time, he seen that sub come up. He made his way out to the sub. And as he got there, they loaded him in, into the sub. And they asked about the other guys. He said, they didn't make it. Went ahead and left. And I was sitting there and I or standing there and, I, and hearing this story and everything. And I looked at all those videos and I thought, you've seen this on a movie somewhere. And I said, oh, yeah. He said, you don't believe me, do you? I said, no, I didn't say it. He said, he reached over and he picked up a, a, um, a plaque that had some awards in it. He handed it to me. And I looked at those, and I thought, well, I don't know what they're for. He reached over, and he pulled out a, a letter that was in an envelope and handed it to me. He said, read that. And I opened it up, had his name across there, had his rank. And I began to read it. And it was written by the commander of that sub. And begin to go through the details of how that they surfaced not expecting to find anybody. Not really expecting the men to make it out. And how that he was greatly surprised when this man made it out to the sub. And they loaded him. And he began to brag on his will and fight to get back. He said he was greatly injured. He said it had to take a great desire to make it back. This man had a desire to make it back. And he told me, he said, really, he said, the thing that kept pushing me, he said, it would have been so easier just to lay down and quit. He said, but I had a desire to make it back. And he made it back. The whole story they told me was true. 
And it had the accommodations, it had the letter from the commander of the sub with his name on it, with the, the commander of the sub's name on it. You know, each of us are in a similar battle. We go through life and many times we get wounded. And many times we go through difficulties and struggles. Sometimes there's things in life that pulls us away from the Lord and, and we know that we're away from God and we know that we're not where we should be. And sometimes we have a desire to go back and sometimes we don't. But can I tell you this morning that God has made a way back for every one of us. He's made a way back. A way back to Him, a way back to that life where He wants us to, to, to serve Him. And though David had, had sinned greatly in the eyes of the Lord and his sin would, be, would have separated him from the presence of God because of that sin except for the blessing of God that he had made a way back for David. I'm here this morning to tell you that God makes a way back. I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter where you are in your life, God has made a way back. I'm here to tell you this morning, it doesn't matter what's happened in your life, it doesn't matter what sin's been there, it doesn't matter what's taken place, God has made a way back. Though we fail him, though we sin against him, and deserve to be left to ourselves, God's made that way back to him. First of all, I want you to notice here in this, in this uh, portion of Scripture that to make a way back, God provides a way of understanding where you're at. Uh, if you don't know where you're at, you're not going to find a way back. You've got to realize where you're at in your life in order to make a way back. In, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, there in verse 1, notice here what he did. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. He sent the prophet of God unto him. The Lord was, was, was the Lord could have said, David, you've just messed up, and I'm not gonna, I'm, you're just on your own. But instead, he sends the prophet of God. He sends him to him to, to tell him, hey, listen, God's seen what you did. God knows what you did. You did it in secret, but God knows everything that happened. And he sent Nathan the prophet unto David. Notice he says, And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men, and he begins to give this, uh, this uh, parable, you might say, uh, 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 telling David about this situation. The Lord sends a messenger to him and, and the prophet Nathan to tell the man uh, of the unjust things that he's done and how that he had sinned against him. Then David, he becomes enraged. He gets aggravated. He gets mad. He said, This man's going to die. He said he's going to pay for that sin. And then in verse 7, notice here it says, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Isn't it amazing when we, we can get upset with somebody else and all of a sudden we realize, Hey, listen, I'm just as guilty. I'm just as guilty. I can't imagine what old David has he felt there when Nathan looked at him. Here's Nathan the prophet. and he, David, he's the king of all of Israel. He said, Thou art the man. You're the one that did this. You're the one that took that which wasn't yours. You're the one that committed this sin. You're the one that, that had Uriah the Hittite killed. Nathan reveals all that David did and how that he had sinned not only against Uriah, but also and especially against God. You know, sometimes we think that, oh, God doesn't really care about this. God, it doesn't matter anything. It does matter to God. And it makes a difference when we begin to look at our lives, how that we live so that the Lord is glorified and, and magnified through our lives because people are watching our lives. Uh, there was others in Israel that knew what had taken place. And it seemed as though because David was king that he could get by with it. 
But my friend, can I tell you something? That you can't get by with it. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what your rank, what your serial number is. You can't get by with sin. Until we see where we are in the eyes of the Lord, we won't be able to find our way back. God brought, God brought to Nathan into, into David's life to, to tell him face to face, this is where you're at. This is what you've done. Until David come to a place where he would admit it, until David come to a place where he would look at his own life as God looked at it, as sin, and away from the Lord. You see, everyone here sitting here this morning and that has ever lived and that will ever live, one day we will come face to face with God. The Bible says that every knee shall bow unto him. And every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. But the scripture goes on and says that every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this life. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. What if I was to walk up to you today and I had a little iPad and I'd walk up and I'd say, Brian, this is your life. In your life, everything begins to play across that, that screen. Not just what you did that people could see, but your thoughts, the words that you've said, the things you've done in secret, the things that nobody else knows about. That's a sobering thought, isn't it? You say, well, preacher, will that happen? Except that it's under the blood. That which we don't get right with the Lord and covered by the blood of Jesus Christ will be revealed in the last day. We'll give an account, the Bible says. We'll give that account. Until we realize and we come face to face where we are, when we come face to face and realize what's in our lives, and, and then we can have a way back. David, wasn't, David didn't try to repent of what he had done. David hadn't come to a place where he was even, seemed like he was even sorry that, uh, for what he had done. Having a man killed and, and taking his wife and, 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 and so on. The sin that he had committed with, with her when she was married to Uriah and he was still alive. And it seemed as though David didn't bother him until he had to face it. Until he had to face it, he didn't realize that he needed to come back. You see, the prodigal son was the same way. The prodigal son never seen the need of a way back home until he saw the real condition that, it, that he was in when he was living in the hog pen. The old prodigal son, he took everything that the father had that he, as far as his inheritance and took it. And, and the Bible says that he went off down into a far country and he wasted it with riotous living. And that riotous living was a, 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 a flamboyant lifestyle, wasting it maybe on, on drinking and, and, and carousing and all kinds of junk and, and wasting everything he had, blowing through the money. Next thing you know, he doesn't have anything. A famine came into the land. 
and people didn't have any food. And he couldn't find work. And finally, he, he joined himself. And this is a Jewish boy now that's talked about here. He joined himself to a farmer that had hogs. And, and, and the Jews uh, uh, considered a hog an unclean thing. And, but he joined himself unto this farmer to feed the hogs and to, and, to, and to take care of the hogs. And he lived down there with the hogs and taking care of them. And the Bible says that he filled his belly with the corn husk. Not the corn, with the corn husk. And finally, he came to himself. He finally seen where he was at. He finally realized what he had done. And Luke 15, 17 says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Hey, listen, uh, praise the Lord for those times when we come to ourselves. Praise the Lord when, when we finally wake up and realize, hey, listen, I'm away from the Lord. I'm not living like I ought to be living. I'm not doing what I ought to be doing. God's watching, and, and it's good that he woke me up and, and, and shook me a little bit. Last night, <laughs> I'll tell on myself, last night, you know, you had these crazy dreams. And I, I didn't have pizza for supper. And I remember part of the dream. I remember this alligator was coming at me. And I kept backing up. And finally it kept coming and I started kicking at it. And kicking at it. And I guess I was kicking the bed pretty good because Janine had to wake me up. <laughs> you know what was good? It sure was good to come back to reality. Because I sure didn't. Because I mean about the time she woke me up, that thing was getting a hold of my foot. Have you ever been sleeping and feel like you're falling? And all of a sudden you jump just before you hit bottom? Somebody said one time, if you don't wake up before you hit bottom, you're dead. I don't know if that matters or not. But you wake up, it's good to be jolted back into reality. You know what? It's good to be jolted back into reality. To come to ourselves and realize, hey, you know what? My life is nothing without the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to be jolted back into reality to, to realize that, hey, listen, I need the Lord every day, not just on Sunday, not just on Sunday night, not just on Wednesday, but I need the Lord every day. And I need that walk with Him and I need that fellowship with Him. Oh, it's so good when you're jolted back into that reality or maybe you've drifted away from the Lord and and God away from God, whether it be because you're in sin or you just have, have neglected your time with the Lord, neglected the Word of God, and, and neglected that fellowship with the Lord, and you've got away. Boy, it's good to be uh, 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 awakened uh, to the fact that, hey, listen, I want to get back to the Lord. I want to get back close to that fellowship. Boy, that sweetness that I enjoyed before, that fellowship with God, that fellowship with the Word of God, and how sweet it was to hear the songs, and how sweet it was to read the Word of God, how sweet it was to, to walk with the Lord in prayer and to see his hand on my life, to feel his presence in my life and see God working and, and moving and answering prayer. Boy, how sweet it was. It's so good to get back to God. God made a way. God made a way. 
You realize our eyes have to be opened. David had to get his eyes opened. Our heart has to be softened and, and even broken at times. Sometimes we must go through some very difficult uh, situations in our lives. Sometimes there has to be that loss in our life. Sometimes there has to be that loss uh, and before we'll turn around and realize that we need to get back to God. There has to be that pride to be stripped away, admitting that we're wrong, admitting that we've sinned against a holy God, admitting that we, we, we have turned from Him. So many times Christians today, they, oh, it's no big deal and, and it doesn't matter. You know, one of these, I'll get back there. You know what the problem is, is that their pride keeps them from going to an old-fashioned altar and calling on God saying, I want to come back. Lord, would you make a way back for me? We must be willing to admit our sin. The Lord made a way back for David. He made a way back for you and me. Look in verse 13 there. It says, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. I have sinned against the Lord. The way back was repentance. Notice after he had said that, that Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. It was repentance. God made a way for David to come back into fellowship with him by repentance. David confessed and he repented of his sin. He didn't just say, oh, I'm king. I can do anything I want to do. Don't come up here and tell me this stuff. No, he repented of it. He admitted that he had, had sinned against God. We see the prayer and confession of David in Psalms 51. Let me read it for you because I think it's, it's so powerful that we, that we understand what David did and that the Lord made a way back to him into fellowship with him. It's like this. Uh, uh, Blake, come here a minute. It's like this. David had sinned, and, I, and I'm not God, but he had sinned against God, and so therefore, come here, Hunter. Therefore, his sin, this is David's sin where he had sinned uh, against the Lord. It, it made a, a separation, you might say, between him and God. Can I tell you something? That your sin and my sin will separate us from the Lord, that fellowship and that sweetness and that enjoyment of the Lord and the things of God. It separates between us and God and fellowship. It does not take away your salvation. You're still saved. But it separates the, the fellowship with you. You say, well, I don't understand. Well, let me, let me do it this way. Let's switch these guys a second. Let's say this is sin. This is my son. And my son... Let's say that he does that which I do not agree with. And I tell him, Hunter, I don't agree with what you're doing. And he says, I don't care. I said, well, listen, we, we, can't, we can't, you know, if you're going to live like that, if you're going to do those things, it's going to create problems between us. Let's say that he kills somebody. Murder. I don't know how else to get any worse. Let's well, say he murders somebody. And I don't agree with murder. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a preacher. And I, I, I want to see souls saved. I want to see lives changed. I want to see people brought to Christ. I, I'm not for any type of murder. And, I, and he says, ah, that guy needed to be bumped off. And he don't change. He goes to jail. Can I ask you something? 
Is he still my son? When you receive Jesus Christ, your Savior, you become a child of the King. You'll always be a child of the King. But sin separates. So David needed a way back. It's called repentance. And when David repented of his sin, God made a way back into fellowship for David. When you and I are separated because of our sin or because of our deadness and coldness towards the things of God, and it separates us, when we repent, when we ask God to forgive us, it makes a way back. David confessed his sin unto the Lord, and it made a way back. It removed the wall. It brought David back into fellowship with the Heavenly Father. Psalms 51 is the prayer that David prayed. Psalm 51 says, and verse 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Otherwise, make them as though they didn't even exist. He's asking God to do that. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He didn't say, wash me because I fell down and I stumbled. No, he said, wash me. Wash me from my transgression, my sins. He said, from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. He's admitting that he has sinned against the holy God. He says, I want to be clean. I want to be in your presence. I want to walk with you. I want back close to you again, God. Verse 3 says, for I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mayest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. He said, I'm not arguing with you at all, God. I have sinned. Please forgive me. Have mercy on me. Wash me. Make me whiter than snow. In verse 9, he goes down, he says, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquity. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You can read the rest of it there. It's a wonderful prayer how that David, as, as he begins to repent, it removes that, that wall uh, uh, that was separating him and God and brought him back into fellowship. God made a way back into fellowship with him. Even though he had sinned and sinned greatly, God made a way back. Because, uh, hey, listen, it's the way of repentance. We see the, rep the repentant and broken heart of, of the prodigal son also as he comes to himself. And Luke 15, verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Verse 18 says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. He said, he, said, he said, listen, I realize that I've done my father wrong. I realize that I took the inheritance that he gave me and I, and I lived a riotous living and I, I see where I've messed up. I see where I've sinned against my, my father. He said, I will arise. I, I, I will admit it. I'll get up from my, my hog pen. He said, I'm not just going to stay down here and wallow with the hogs and, and with all the junk in the world and stay with that the rest of my life and die this way. I'll rise up and I'll go to my father. And he said, I have sinned against thee and against heaven. 
and I'm no more worthy. See the pride disappearing. I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Would you just make me a hired servant? And I can almost see him falling down on his knees. Just make me a, a, a hired servant. I don't deserve to be called your son. I've done wrong. Boy, you read on over there and you'll find that he goes home. The father sees him down the road. And he sees that son. He said, that's my son. He takes off running down there and he grabs a hold of him and, 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 and he begins to, to weep on his neck and the son says, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven and, I'm no, and I don't deserve uh, anything at all. I don't even deserve to even look at your face. Uh, Lord, uh, uh, Father, I've done you wrong and, but would you, would you forgive me and, and would you just let me be around? Uh, I, I don't, I'm not a, I, you don't have to treat me like a son. Just let me be around. Uh, just let me be there. The father said, bring a new robe, put it on him. Put some shoes on those feet. Put a ring on his finger. He said, uh, go out and kill the fatted calf and, 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 make, a, uh, and make a party. And we're going to wish him because, uh, well because he's come back home. And the, the father made a way home. The father could have said, no, you get off my property. You took the inheritance. You spoiled it all. You wasted it all. You had your chance. Get out of here. I don't even want to see you. I don't want to look at you. But the father made a way. And he come back. And accept him back into the fold, into the home. Didn't treat him as a hard servant, treat him as a son. Why? Because he loved him. Can I tell you, our, our Heavenly Father wants us to come back. He's provided a way. In both cases, we see the brokenness in the repentant heart. The Lord's made a way back to him uh, through the, the broken, repentant heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's made a way back for you and me also. Man, man once walked with God in the garden. Used to fellowship with the Lord. Walked uh, uh, and, and talked with the Lord in the cool of the day. And, and the Lord uh, said, name that one over there, Adam. And Adam would call that one a, 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 a giraffe. And he said, name that one over there. He said, what are you going to call that? He said, I'm going to call that a monkey. And he, he said, well, what are you going to name that one over there? He said, I'm going to call that an alligator because I'm a scared guy with it one of these days. And he said, what are you going to call that one over there? And, and the fellowship that they had was sweet. And they enjoyed it until one day Eve took of that forbidden fruit and Adam ate also from it. And they sinned against the Lord. Because of that, sin came upon all men because, because that all have, have sinned against God. We all become sinners. But God made a way. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus Christ. How did he make a way back? Man was separated by sin uh, uh, on his way to a devil's hell. And God made a way back through his son, through Jesus Christ, that we could come back to him and receive him as our Savior and be cleansed from all sin and have eternal life. He made a way back. Colossians 1, 14 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Colossians 1, 21 and 22 says, And you that were sometimes alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death, 
to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in His sight. We were lost in our sins and separated from God. Yet He made a way back to Him through His Son, Jesus Christ, through His death, through His burial, through His resurrection, that we could have eternal life. He made a way back for all mankind through Jesus Christ. Do we deserve it? No. No. Did David deserve the forgiveness of God and, and to not lose his life because of that sin? No, but God made a way back. Did the prodigal son deserve his father to take him back in after he'd given him all of his inheritance and everything and, 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 and he went off and he wasted it? Did he deserve to, to have the forgiveness? No, but he took him back. He made a way back. Now, can I tell you that? Not a single one of us in this room deserved to go to heaven, but God made a way back to him that we could have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. He made a way back. Made a way back. Christian, he made a way back to fellowship and victory in Him even when we went astray. Even though we sinned against Him as a Christian. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I don't know about you, but there's so many times I feel like, Lord, I don't deserve forgiveness. Lord, I... This thing, it's the same thing. Struggle, same thing. Back and back and back again and back again. And Lord, I don't deserve forgiveness. And I think God would say, yeah, you're right. But I made a way back. If you'll confess it. If you'll look at that the way I look at it. If you'll confess it and realize that it's wrong, he said, I can restore that fellowship. He brings us back. He made a way back. He tells us in Proverbs 28, 13, says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Oh, how he will restore that fellowship and restore that sweetness in your walk with him. Oh, how he loves you and me and, and, and all of that. He, he made that way back when we, even when we fail him. He said, well, I might as well just throw up my hands and quit. No, he made a way back. He made a way back. Oh, preacher, I went too far. No, he's made a way back. I don't know how many times over the years I've talked to people. I said, preacher, I just went too far. No, he's made a way back. He's made a way back. He made a way back into that fellowship. He's made a way back through the forgiveness of sin. If you will confess those and, and, and come to Him, He's made a way back. The Lord's made a way back to that victorious Christian life with a fire burning in your soul for Him. After the resurrection, you have the disciples. They're discouraged and they're down and they just don't know what to do and they don't know what to believe. They, they think that, well, some said that they've seen Jesus and and, the, and they see the empty tomb, but yet they don't know, and they're discouraged, and, they're, and, they're, and, they, and they don't know what to think, and they're down, and they're, they've lost their zeal. They've lost their fire for God. And two of the disciples, uh, 
are walking back down that road of Emmaus and as they walk down that road of Emmaus uh, uh, Jesus comes and joins himself with them but their eyes are holding so that they don't realize who he is and he begins to preach to them and, and, and talk to them about, about the, uh, what Jesus came to the, into this world to do and when they got down to the house uh, he was going to go on but they said come on in and eat with us and as they sit down in the breaking of bread he revealed himself to them and, and boy I tell you what it stirred their hearts and they got excited again and they got back up and they headed back up to where the other disciples was and they got there and they began to tell them, hey listen, did not our hearts burn within us? And he kindled that fire. He made a way back to that victory in their life, made a way back to that stirring in their soul. You may be sitting here this morning and you used to be excited about the things of God. You used to be excited about the Word of God. You used to be excited about telling people about Jesus Christ. You used to be excited about living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it just seems like everything is just cold and indifferent in your life. It just seems like you're just kind of barely dragging through, just barely getting through the, the life. And, and you're not enjoying what God has for you. You come and sit in the pew because you have to instead of because you want to. You open your Bible and maybe read a few verses, not because you, you want to, but because you feel like that's what you have to do. And you pray a little prayer, not because you want to talk to God, but because you know that's what you're supposed to do. And you've lost that desire and you've lost that, that burning in your soul and that excitement about the things of God. Hey, can I tell you something this morning? He's made a way back if you'll come to him and, and get on your knees before him and say, Lord, I want it again. I want your power in my life and I want your presence and I want you to touch my life and use me again to, to reach lost souls. Lord, I want to be a shining light for you. I want to be excited about the things of God. I want a song in my heart. I want a, 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 a jump in my step. But Lord, I don't want to be a dead Christian. I want to be a live one for you. He's made a way back. He's made a way back. Made a way back. Can I tell you, this morning, we live in a day and time when it seems like America has drifted so far. Seems like immorality, ungodly lifestyles, things that we used to think was so horrible is now praised. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. We live in day and time now when we're see, we see that. Living a day and time now because you want to live for God and serve God that you're considered a fanatic or something that's off the wall. But they can be fanatical about abortion. They can be fanatical about homosexuality. They can be fanatical about all kinds of other stuff that's wicked and vile. And we look at our nation, we see it deteriorating. We see little kids now that use cuss words and talk filthy that kids used to not do when they was in high school. I'm talking about little kids now. I'm talking about kindergarten and first grade. Oh, preacher, how do you know? I see it about every day. I know. And I have to stop and think, oh, well, that, that child. No, it's the home. 
It's the home. I think, what chances our kids have? When a nation has gone so far from God. We live in a day and time of cancel culture. If you don't like our history, just cancel it. I'm not saying everything in history is right. But it's history. It's not present. Teaching our kids to hate police and authority. Teaching all kinds of vile things. Laughing, mocking. All this different things. Some of the things that they've got now doing the TikTok challenges and things. Destroying property. And challenging somebody else to do it so they can video it and laugh at it. Preacher, we went too far. No. God's made a way back. If my people, that's you and me, are called, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will heal their land. Can I tell you, people say you can't have revival anymore? Oh, yes, you can. Amen. How do you know, preacher? Because God made a way back. But can I tell you something this morning? That way back is through you and me. Through you and me. Living for the Lord. Getting as close to Him as we possibly can. We've got too many Christians that are living on the fringe. Too many Christians that want to hang on to the world and hang on to the things of God and, and just kind of lean this way. But, well, I'm glad I'm going to heaven. But I sure do like to hang on to the world. Can I tell you something? All you're doing is destroying your children, your grandchildren, the next generation. Ah! Yeah, you won't see it until you lose your kids, your grandkids. You see them laying in the street drunk or overdosed on drugs. Or get a phone call that they've committed suicide. What's it going to take, Christian, for us to come back? Oh, praise the Lord, he made a way back. Thank the Lord, he made a way back. I'd rather my kids and grandkids see Grandpa and, and Dad excited about God and excited about the things of God as to see me sit down and say, well, we just can't do it no more. It's just too bad. No, my friend, it's not too bad. We can still make a way back. God's made a way back for us if we'll call on the Lord, if we'll call unto Him. If we can have revival, we can see some great and mighty things happen again. Righteousness exalted the nation. The sins of reproach to any people, the Bible says. Oh, that we would live for the Lord. The Lord has made a way back.
for each of us. No matter where we are in our lives, there's a way back unto God. Let's bow. Father, I thank you for loving us and I thank you for your mercies and goodness. Thank you, Lord, that you've made a way back. Lord, it starts with that place of repentance, admitting, seeing where we are, like David did, like the prodigal son. When he came to himself, the Bible says, he said, I'll arise. Otherwise, not staying there, when we realize where we're at, we didn't, he didn't stay there. He arose and he went unto the Father. Help us to do likewise. Help us to arise even in, in services like this today and seek your face, Lord, for your strength and for your power. Lord, help us to realize that we can have that revival, that we can have that stirring in our souls as a Christian. We can have that fire back, and we can see the hand of God move in our day and time. And, oh, if there's something in our lives that you've put your finger on this morning, Lord, that we know is not supposed to be there, Lord, help us to make a way back, that way back for us, Lord, that through repentance, Lord, that we might get it right with you, that you might be glorified, that you might be exalted because of us coming back. Lord, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ their Savior, they've been separated by sin. Lord, you made a way back through Jesus Christ. May they come this morning. Let us take a Bible and show them how to receive you as Savior. Have your one way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning?